Let us sing and pray in God's presence. Praise be to God. For God has created the world and called it good. Praise be to God. In Christ, God has redeemed the world and defeated the powers of death. Praise be to God. The Holy Spirit is at work in the world, calling us to follow Jesus. All praise and glory to God. Would you please stand and join in singing our first hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We appreciate the rest that it required of us to be shut down and let 
Your rhythms drive us. So now let us look forward to the rhythms of the seasons. We know that we have 42 days left before spring. And now we find in the midst of our challenges, your hope, your love. May it break down that which divides us. May it bring us closer to you, your Son, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Hi, I'm David. I'm Maddie. I'm Amy. And I'm Benjamin McKenzie. And this is this week's scripture reading from Luke 10, 25-37. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law, how do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. So he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now, it just so happened that a priest was also going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave him to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him. And when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a good neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? Then the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. We are thankful for the gift of Scripture. Amen. Well, if you haven't had a chance to meet David and his family, I hope that you reach out to him. Uh, we're very excited about the leadership we bring to our student ministry. So how many of us, at some point, and raising our children, or perhaps yourself, watch at least some episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How many we got here? If you're watching online, be sure to use the comment section. Yeah, most of us at some point did. So if you were a child or a raising child from 1968 to 2001, you're bound to have watched some episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. If nothing else, it was a safe place to plant your child for 30 minutes because you know they'd have a calming presence so you get a little break yourself from your crazy day. What you may not realize was how carefully thought through 
it, it, it was, it's tempting to see his shows as being pretty benign and simple, but there was a lot of thought put into each and every episode by Fred Rogers. He made sure that what he did was reflective of child psychology, and it also reflected a faith that was instilled in him from childhood and was refined through his own theological training. Not only was Fred Rogers a children television producer, but he was also an ordained Presbyterian minister. And that comes shining through in each and every episode that shows that compassionate, unending, unconditional love that God has for each and every one of us. And you probably may have seen the documentary that was done on Fred Rogers' life, or perhaps you saw the movie starring Tom Hanks that was titled A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood in 2019, and you witnessed how Tom Hanks so, so well captured the personality of Mr. Rogers. So this month, this month of February, in which we typically focus on relationships, we're going to focus on what it means to be a neighbor in today's chaotic world. So our scripture today, you heard by the McKenzie family, is the parallel passage to one shared last week by pastors Marilyn and Paul. And this passage takes things just one step further. The same legal expert that challenged Jesus then decides to ask one additional question here, probably an effort to try to reduce down the claim that this commands would have on his life when he said, who is my neighbor? And in response, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan in such Jesus-like fashion. He basically answered a question with another question or a story that would force him not only to broaden his understanding of what a neighbor was, but also invited him to be that neighbor. Now, you may feel like you know the story of the Good Samaritan like your backhand. I mean, how many times have you heard it throughout your years of going to church? You speak of it often, especially it's one that speaks so well to children. There's a few details that's important to remember if you're going to fully grasp what Jesus was trying to get across. One little detail mentions that, that uh, the man was traveling down from Jerusalem. Well, we know that's literally a fact, that the road from Jerusalem to Jericho drops some 3,300 feet in the 17 miles that you travel. It goes through a rocky wilderness area that has perfect hideouts for bandits and robbers. And that's exactly what happens in this story, and that's exactly what have frequently happened in real life. And so people would relate it to this, would have related this story so well. The story has the priest, the Levite, passing by on the other side. We're not told why. Could be they're worried about their own lives, but probably more likely it'd be the fact that, according to the Jewish Torah law, that if a man, notice a man touches a dead man. He becomes unclean. And there's several requirements to get back to be considered clean. Once again, that involves several days. And we know for a fact that if it was the priest that walked by the other side, he likely had gone to Jerusalem to serve his three-week duty that happens on a rotation a few times every year. And so he hasn't seen his family in three weeks. And now if he attends to this dead man, it means seven to ten more days that he will not be able to see his family. The bottom line, this inconvenience that priest and Levite in terrible ways. 
And then we know the strangest of the story, that the hero of the story happens to be a Samaritan. And we've talked many times about the hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews of Jesus' day. They did not get along. I won't rehearse all that history. But it's interesting to realize that if you look at a map on the capital of Samaria and the capital of Jerusalem, they're just 42 miles apart. These people, from people on the outside, would see them as almost identical. Their language was almost identical. Just slight variations of the Aramaic that Jesus would have spoke. Would have spoke. And yet, that hostility was very, very real. And this is the man that becomes the hero in this story. And Jesus asked that teacher of the law, which one of these three acted like a neighbor toward the man in need? And the answer is, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Now this story speaks to us on so many levels. The legal expert was using that question to try to limit the responsibility of this commands upon his life. And Jesus was trying to expand it and even take it further and put in the challenge in his own court. Well, I think Fred Rogers would have done a similar work as this story does. Because Mr. Rogers also broke down barriers. Mr. Rogers saw the good in everyone. Everyone has created the image of God, and what they needed most was to be treated with respect and kindness in order to bring their inherent goodness out. And if people not paying attention to these subtle messages of Mr. Rogers, they missed the point and missed his intentional thoughtfulness that sought to shape the world with the worldview of Jesus in mind. 900 times Fred Rogers sang that song, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Each episode reflected a world of curiosity, love, and acceptance. And he used that theology to speak to the challenges of his time. His work was particularly relevant in an era of racial segregation. When many children were not allowed to live by neighbors who didn't look like them, while news organizations ran stories of white hotel owners who poured acid into pools where black youth were swimming, Mr. Rogers invited Officer Clemens, who happened to be black, to cool his feet in a baby pool right alongside him. Let's watch this clip, which shares that episode and shares how Mr. Rogers intentionally sought to instill these values in our children. Nearly everyone remembers Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's a beautiful day. But not everyone knows that this cardigan-clad king of children's TV, Fred Rogers, was actually a pioneer who challenged racial stereotypes in media. Enter Francois Clemens. Francois Scarborough Clemens. And his role as Officer Clemens made him one of the first recurring black characters on a children's TV show. When I started, there were two, three shows, period on television that employed a black character. Francois grew up during the civil rights movement and times of great racial tension in the U.S. So when Fred asked me to be a police officer, Fred, are you sure? Do you know what policemen represent in the community where I was raised? And then he started talking about children needing helpers and the positive influence 
that I could have for young children. My heart opened as I listened to him. He accepted the role not knowing he would end up playing Officer Clemens for 30 years. And one of his most memorable scenes is also one of his favorites. There are many ways to say I love you. It's a very big deal for me to be putting my feet in the water with Fred. During a time of segregation, the symbolism wasn't lost on Francois. To say that he uh, didn't know what he was doing or that he accidentally stumbled into integration or talking about racism or sexism, that's not Mr. Rogers. It was well planned and well thought out, and I think it was very impactful. There are many ways to say I love you. That impact was felt by many, but for Francois, it was personal. I was in the studio one day, that particular day, he was filming the end of the show, and when he got to the part, he said, you make every day a special day. You know how? By just your being you. And I swear it was like, just looking right into my eyes. And when the music stopped, I said, Fred, were you talking to me? And he said, yes, I have been talking to you for the years, but you heard me today. I just love how that scene spoke to all sides. It made a statement to segregationists to see the feet of a black man and a white man in the same kiddie pool. And it also made a statement to a culture that feared law enforcement, that a black man can wear that badge of authority. If only we could find that same creativity today. In our polarized world, in which it seems there's two sides on every issue, we want to shout at each other instead of listening to each other. Right now, I'm really concerned about all this growing dialogue about critical race theory. Right now, legislators are attempting to pass a bill that I'm afraid is going to put a tremendous burden on teachers. We need, in this time, a Mr. Rogers who can bring, bring those creative solutions that can suddenly help us all think about one another and break down the barriers between us instead of building walls even greater. Instead, we tend to demonize the opposite side, we label and somehow believe our version of the truth justifies our actions and treatment of other people. And into that space, not only does Mr. Rogers speak, but Jesus tells a story of a good Samaritan. Somebody that all Jews are supposed to despise and hate. And he becomes the hero of the story. When Jesus asked him which one of these three was the neighbor to this man who, attacked, who was attacked by thieves... The legal expert had to admit it was the one who had shown mercy. Do you notice that he can't even say, he can't bring himself to say Samaritan? He describes us so well. So today I want to invite you to consider who is that person, that group, that organization that you have a hard time considering being your neighbor? Who are the people around us who are most in need of our love? And then think about how can we change that relationship? How can we creatively, like a Fred Rogers, find a way to bring people together, to listen to one another, and find the solutions that are best for all? And if we can change that relationship, then we can, instead of being opponents, can be collaborators. And once we see the image of God in our neighbors, 
we see their inherent value, we begin to see them as Jesus sees them. One more application that I think the Good Samaritan calls for us to do is that we need to look for the person that needs to be loved. The story of the Good Samaritan breaks down those barriers, but it's also a radical call to put aside our convenient faith and look for that marginalized person in need, to look for that person by the side of the road. Too many of us love those that are easy to love. We love those who provide us something in return. And if that is the only people we love, then we're no better than that priest or Levite who just kept right on walking. But every day there are people who have been so scarred by life that are easy to ignore, that are hard to love, that God calls us to love. Mr. Rogers designed this program to speak especially to those to whom life has not been kind to. Amy Hollingsworth has written a book titled The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers. And in it, she shares a story, which is one of many lives who were impacted by Fred Rogers' show. It's about a friend of Amy's who was terribly abused as a child. He's, at the time that she tells the story, he's now 18 years old. And his parents wouldn't even give him a winter blanket. He didn't have a bed to sleep in. Eventually, the abuse was reported and his parents were put in jail and he was adopted. And he shared his story of how much Mr. Rogers meant to him. Amy Hollingsworth said, what did a show do? What could a show do that could give you that kind of encouragement? And he said, you know, when I found that show on my own and I saw that here was a place in which people could be treated kindly, no matter who they were, it told me that there's got to be some place in the real world where that can exist too. And that gave him hope. Well, I invite you as a people of God to be that people that provide that hope. We all have places, work, volunteer commitments, school, our own neighborhood, where we can model that respect and care for even especially those that we find hard to love and treat them as a child of God. So let's be thankful today and this month as we relive some of the theology that Mr. Rogers taught, who touched lives of our children and countless others. He embodied the spirit of Jesus. He embodied that story of the Good Samaritan that brings us together. Let us love our neighbor, no matter who they are, where they come from, or what they represent, because every person is a child of God. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you bring to our hearts and minds right now that person that we are most challenged by. And ask ourselves, what are the ways that we are called to love? And what do we need to see within ourselves that helps us realize that we may be an obstacle to someone else? Help us to find those creative solutions. The ways we can listen to one another. The ways we make sure that each other are respected and heard. And may we bring that witness into our world, this polarized world, so that we can show a better way. The way of Christ. Amen. I hope you are able to receive the communion elements.
And I invite you to pull that first plastic one off and get ready to receive the bread. As Pastor Jill says, these holy sounds. But no matter what elements we use, they remind us of that incredible night, the night that Jesus was betrayed with his disciples, and they shared that Passover meal. A Passover that reminded them that, that God's blood sometimes is used for good things. And we were reminded that Jesus' blood was shed on the cross for our benefit, for our forgiveness. Now that night, he took the bread and he broke it and said, This is my body given for you. Eat this remembrance of me. And likewise, he then lifted up the cup and after having given thanks, said, This is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Let us now eat and drink in the name of Christ who comes to all of us. Let us pray. Lord, we're thankful for the unity that this brings. And each one of us, imperfect and flawed as we are, are made whole and made one with you and also with one another. May we know that no matter what divides us, that as we look to you and as we see others, as you see them, they become your children just as we Give us that love. Give us that radical love in our hearts now. And may we take it into this world and show them a better way. Through Christ who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. This time... Let us enjoy this video that shares what happened last Sunday in our children's ministry. My name is Alan Hall, and I'm the Director of Family Ministries here at Novusville First. And I'm super excited to tell you about the soap event that took place in the kids' area last Sunday. Our third through fifth graders worked through stations of scripture, observation, application, and prayer. The morning started off with the kids making their own soap journals to use as they study their new Bibles. We then moved to the scripture station where the kids got to make a promise jar. The promise jars are filled with promises that can be found throughout the Bible. We learned how to look up verses and we also discussed some of the promises that the kids selected for their jars. Next up at the observation station, we had a special guest named Chewy make an appearance at our event. The kids had to write down everything they noticed about Chewy and we used their list to compare how the Gospels differed. We also learned that every time you open your Bible, you can observe something new, even if it's the same verse you read the day before. At our application station, we discussed some of the attributes of God and what they meant. The kids then listed ways that God's character is reflected in them and how that reflection impacts their daily lives. At our final station, the kids learned about and practiced reciting the Lord's Prayer. The kids were presented with their own Bible to take home at the end of the event. It was such a gift to teach our Noblesville First kids how to use their new Bibles and to come alongside families as their kids embark on this new milestone in their faith journey. 
Thank you to our incredible volunteers who made this event a reality, and to your continued support of the Noblesville First Kids. Thank you for your giving that makes ministries such as this possible. A few announcements I'd like to bring to your attention. I'd like to lift up the 200 envelope fundraiser. And if you head out after the church and look to your right, we have a poster board that's got 200 envelopes made by our youth, each decorated individually. You're welcome to grab one of these, take them home, write a check, and bring it back to the church office or put it in the offering plate in the next few Sundays. Or you can go online and do the same thing by making a donation there as well. This effort will help fund some improvements to the buy. It will also make sure that they have a great retreat in July they've planned. And look forward to this fall when we all hope this COVID thing will be done. We can get back to the mission trips at both Mission Guatemala and Give Kids the World. Our volunteer times are now available in the greenhouse out at Teeter. We're planting the seeds for what we'll be using the flower cell as well as seeds that will eventually be transplanted. So show up between 6 and 8 on Monday or Tuesday evenings or Thursday morning from 9-11. And you'll find if your back barks at you sometimes, this is the kind of work you can do standing up. So uh, show up out the farm and we look forward to the help that makes all that effort possible. The United Methodist Women would like to support the encourage all of us, both men and women, to attend the Lenten Breakfast on Ash Wednesday, March the 2nd at 9.30 in Celebration Hall. Pastor Jill Moffat will be our featured speaker, and the breakfast will be free and provided, but reservations are encouraged so you can help us get a good number. And uh, if you like, bring a, a gift or go out and buy a $5 gift card from McDonald's yourself as we'll use those to reconnect with our college students uh, in this next school year. Our Faith and Fellowship Night of our student ministry is uh, Friday, this Friday, February 11th, and the whole church is invited. So if you're just interested, go to Facer Game, go to our website, find that link, and you can get your tickets ordered there and enjoy that time. Our church will be featured on the Jumbotron uh, the, at halftime of that game. Our youth group is now meeting again from uh, 6 to 8 on Sundays. So if you have a child or grandchild in that age range, please uh, encourage them to come. And always use our next steps. It's a simple way to keep up with what's happening uh, each week and what's upcoming in our church. It's also a great way for those of you online to connect and find the ways to serve and become greater involved in your church life. If you happen to be new, both online or in person today, please see Pam Keplinger, our hospitality coordinator. She has a free gift for you and some helpful information to keep you connected to the ministries of Noblesville First. At this time... Encourage you to pull out your connection cards. Use that to register your attendance. If you're watching online, go to the same uh, next steps on our website to do, do the same. You'll find places to serve on the back, as well as a place for prayer requests. Uh, one thing we're particularly doing is encouraging trying to find someone who will serve as a host for our online ministries. We seek to reestablish and uh, strengthen our live stream each week. Uh, so if you can help out in one or the other ways listed, please check that. This time let us pause and be thankful for the ways that we can contribute to the building of God's kingdom on this earth and here in Noblesville, so please join me in prayer. Gracious and merciful God, we offer our gifts to you this day with open hands and open hearts. We know there have been days when we have clung to money for our security, to try to control our future, 
At times we've been tempted to believe that in gaining more, we would find salvation. Open our ears and minds to hear the truth from your Apostle Paul. We need only to hold firmly to the good news of Christ's death and resurrection. It alone will save us. In the holy name of Jesus, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. continued success in the treatment, shrinking his tumor, and fewer side effects. His next scan is in about four weeks. Please join Lois Vincent in prayer for her husband, Bob, who is home recovering from a shoulder injury due to a recent fall. Please pray for his comforts and recovery, too. We celebrate peace while gazing at the snow that sparkles like diamonds in the sunlight. 
and the joy of watching it melt slowly into spring. I think Pastor Jerry just said 42 days. Please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request is also found. And you can contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or any pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 
courage to see clearly who and what we are. Cleanse us from our faults and failings and inspire us to walk a new way. We worship you as the source of life, the promise of redemption, and the spirit of love in action, now and always. Amen. Now let's join together in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's in our hearts. We'll follow that with a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, by Most Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our hearts today. We praise you, Lord, for teaching us your ways to show kindness and love for you, our Most High, and to love each other as you love us. When a friend or a stranger is down, help us to see their circumstance and to not turn away. You would never turn away from any of us, Jesus. Ignite an immediate fire within us, Lord, just like the one you have, giving us awareness and strength to move with compassion toward those in need, the same way you always reach to rescue us. Almighty and glorious shepherd, we love you. Thank you for helping us to become more like you. And for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
go forth now into a world so divided, bringing that love demonstrated by a good Samaritan. May we be that neighbor, be that neighbor that shows mercy to all people always. Amen.